Welcome back to Spoonful of Sugar. There are less than two weeks left until our deadline for the Spoonful of Sugar student board applications. The deadline is December 15th. So if you are a medical student who has taken USMLE Step 1 and you're interested in a leadership position on the Spoonful of Sugar student board, please visit our website um, or spoonfulofsugar.org slash apply for more information and for a link to the application. It's a very short form. It should take only a handful of minutes. Um, but if you're interested, um, please, please fill that out. We've already had several applications come in and I'm excited uh, once that deadline is over to kind of review them and select uh, the students we'll be taking over for the season four of Spoonful of Sugar. Otherwise, if you're interested in joining the team just as a host, um, please always, you know, to contact us through the contacts page at spoonfulofsugar.org and we're happy to include you on our team um, with, you know, whatever topic you're interested in hosting. So without further ado, let me introduce you to today's host, um, Kate Spencer, MS3 at Drexel University. She will be reviewing lung cancer. Hope you enjoy. Hey future doctors, thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Kate Spencer, I'm a third year medical student at Drexel University College of Medicine and I'm going to be your host today. So today we're going to review lung cancer. I'm going to go over um, the different types of lung cancer. One by one, I'm going to give kind of an overview about metastatic lung cancer uh, and hopefully I'll have you guys um, go away with some little tips to remember them. So uh, this episode is going to be relatively short, um, but I do think it is pretty packed and it is pretty high yield. So pay attention. Um, Lung cancer is really important to talk about because it's the most common cause of cancer mortality in the United States. Uh, Do you guys know um, the key risk factors for developing lung cancer? So there are three of them. Um, Exposure to cigarette smoke is probably the one you thought of first. Uh, Also, exposure to radon and asbestos are also right up there. Um, And cigarette smoke actually contains over 60 carcinogens and 85% of lung cancers occur in smokers or former smokers. Um, The cancer risk in smokers is directly related to uh, the amount of pack years. So that's important to know. Um, So in somebody with lung cancer, what are some of the presenting symptoms that we're going to look for? So we're going to see cough, hemoptysis, which is coughing up blood, um, dyspnea, weight loss, as well as pneumonia. And there are many different types of lung cancers. Um, But really quickly, before I uh, start with the different types of cancers, there are two other things that can kind of show up as a lung nodule on imaging that is not cancerous. Do you guys know what these might be? So first is a bronchial hamartoma, and the second one um, is a granuloma. So keep that in mind. Um, Not all lung nodules are going to be cancerous. So on to cancer, lung cancers can be broken up into two large categories. Do you guys know what these broad categories are? Um, So there's small cell and non-small cell. And the majority of lung cancers are non-small cell, um, which is good because 
they do have a better prognosis than small cell. So as a whole, it's kind of important to just as a global, you know, 30,000 foot view, small cell carcinomas are not able to be resected surgically and must be treated with chemo and radiation. And so uh, my pathology professor helps me remember this. She once said that, just think of it like the cancers are so small, you can't get them out surgically, that you can't see them, you can't get them out. Um, and then non-small cell carcinomas are typically able to be surgically resected. So let's go over small cell carcinoma. Um, pathoma has a great memory device for the lung cancers. So write this down if you're able to, because uh, it has served me really well. It has definitely helped me throughout second year and then also on step one. And I'm still, it's still helping me in my third year. Um, it's So cancers that start with an S are centrally located. All the, the sounds um, are associated with smoking and then have a perineoplastic syndrome with it. So it's all the centrally located syndrome, cancers that start with S and smoking. Um, so small cell carcinoma, are we going to see that centrally or peripherally in the lung? So we're going to see it centrally, starts with an S, we're going to see it centrally. Um, so this is a neoplasm of undifferentiated neuroendocrine Kolchitsky small cells. Um, these are going to stain positive for what? So these are going to stain positive for chromogranin A, synaptophysin, and neuron-specific enolase. And this makes sense. I hope you guys can remember that because chromogranin is a protein released by neuroendocrine cells. Um, is small cell lung cancer associated with smoking or is it not necessarily associated with smoking? So it is associated with smoking. Remember that S sound. Um, and then because it starts with an S, it's going to have some perineoplastic syndromes. Do you guys know what some of these perineoplastic syndromes are? So it's going to release ADH, ACTH, and also can cause Lambert-Eaton syndrome. Um, and so I remember it as the A's of small cell carcinoma. So the antibodies from Lambert-Eaton, ADH, ACTH. And then I also remember the chromogranin A kind of falls into all those A's. Um, and remember, like I said, this is the small cell carcinomas do have a poor prognosis. And so this is going to be a very aggressive type of cancer. It's going to grow rapidly and it's going to metastasize early. Do you guys know... Um, there's an oncogene that is amplified in small cell lung cancer. Does anybody know what that is? So um, MYC is going to be amplified. The next type of lung cancer is common in non-smokers and female smokers. Do you guys know which this one is? So this is adenocarcinoma. Since, since it doesn't start with S, we already know a few things about it. We know that it is probably not centrally located. Um, we know that it's not really associated with smoking um, and that it really doesn't have any perineoplastic syndromes. Um, do you guys know which mutations that are associated with adenocarcinoma? 
So it's going to have activating mutations in KRAS, EGFR, and ALK. Um, I remember the A with adenocarcinoma with ALK and then KRAS, the A in KRAS, and then you're just going to have to remember EGFR. Um, it's also associated with hypertrophic osteoarthropathy, which is clubbing. Um, I'm sure you guys might have learned this, but you know, remember that if you put your two thumbs together and you're going to, and somebody with clubbing, you're not, or I'm sorry, two thumbnails together, kind of back to back. And you're looking kind of through that little space they make and somebody with clubbing, you're not going to see that little space. Um, you might have to look up a picture to kind of understand what I'm trying to say, but hopefully, hopefully what I said made sense. And then it's adenocarcinoma. What are we going to see histologically? So, right, we're going to see glands and mucin. So our next type of lung cancer produces PTHRP. Um, do you know what type of cancer this is? So this is squamous cell carcinoma. And so it starts with an S. Is it going to be centrally located or is it going to be peripherally located? So it's going to be centrally located and we're going to see a hyalur mass arising from the bronchus. Is it associated with smoking? So yes, uh, it starts with an S. It's going to be associated with smoking. Um, and um, like I said, it is, um, we're going to, it releases PTHRP. Um, and this is the most common type of cancer in which population? So this is the most common type of cancer in male smokers. And histologically, what are we going to see in squamous cell carcinoma? So we're going to see keratin pearls and intracellular bridges from those desmosomes between cells. So next is our large cell neuroendocrine carcinoma. Um, is it centrally located or peripherally, peripherally located? So this is actually either. Um, it can be both. This is a highly anaplastic, undifferentiated tumor. Um, is it associated with smoking? So yes, it is going to be associated with smoking. When in doubt, a lung cancer nodule is typically going to be associated with smoking. Um, these large cell neuroendocrine carcinomas can produce HCG, producing gynecomastia. Um, they also respond really poorly to chemotherapy and must be removed surgically. Um, but unfortunately, they do have a very, very poor prognosis. And lastly, histologically, what do we see with these? These are gonna, we're gonna see pleomorphic giant cells. So next is a tumor. Um, with a pretty good prognosis, they're made of well-differentiated neuroendocrine cells. Do you guys know what type of tumor this is? So this is a carcinoid tumor. These rarely metastasize, but they can have uh, symptoms due to something else um, and mass effect. Do you guys know what that other thing is? So this is carcinoid syndrome. And what would we see with carcinoid syndrome? So we're going to see flushing, wheezing, and diarrhea. Um, 
is this tumor centrally located or peripherally located? Um, so it actually can be either. And this type of cancer is actually relatively unrelated to smoking. So lastly, I just want to go over METs to the lung. So do you guys think that primary lung cancers um, in the lung or METs to the lung are more common? So actually, METs to the lung are more common than primary lung tumors. Um, and do you know the most common initial sites of a lung metastasis is? So uh, it couldn't be from the breast, prostate, colon, and bladder most commonly. And with these, we're going to see multiple, they call them cannonball nodules on imaging. So now I want to just do a rapid fire. Um, a patient with a lung nodule has symptoms of Cushing disease. What type of lung cancer do they potentially have? So unfortunately, they would probably have small cell lung cancer uh, since these cancer cells can produce ACTH. Um, a patient with a lung nodule is known to have hypercalcemia. What is the most likely cause of this hypercalcemia? So it could be PTHRP um, from squamous cell carcinoma. So next, which lung carcinoma can produce um, HCG leading to gynecomastia? So this is going to be large cell neuroendocrine cancer. So next, um, something that I kind of struggled with when I was studying for step one was knowing which lymph nodes cancers went to. I don't know why that was so hard for me. Uh, so do you guys know which are the three common kind of lymph node groups that a cancer in the lung would go to? So it's um, hilar, axillary, and mediastinal. And I remember this as HAM, hilar, axillary, and mediastinal. So you're mostly going to see the um, hilar and mediastinal. My last question for you guys is somebody with a lung nodule comes in, they have proximal muscle weakness, uh, dry mouth, constipation, impotence, um, and the proximal muscle weakness improves with muscle use. What is the most likely cause of this lung nodule? So this is going to be small cell lung cancer, and they probably have Lambert-Eaton syndrome from that. So the uh, cancer cells are releasing um, autoantibodies to those presynaptic calcium channels, which is going to decrease the acetylcholine release. So that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you found this helpful, please subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any other questions, comments, or concerns, you can visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and post them under the link for this episode. Best of luck.